it's um, just uh, saying to Dan, as people were coming out to the front table here and others at other places around, but what a beautiful uh, thing it is to see all the different people coming from all backgrounds, all got a different story of the same saviour. And absolutely amazing to see like people coming and just taking. And thank you to the worship team. Absolutely brilliant today, how you led worship and, and everything. I want to talk this morning about um, four things all linked together. The gospel, wisdom, suffering, and glory. The gospel, wisdom, suffering, and glory. That's life. That is life. The gospel, wisdom, suffering, and glory. If you came on the church, who came on the church weekend away? It was last year, seems like ages ago now. But uh, oh, not many people come on the church weekend away. Come on. So I'm not going to tell it again. You, you probably heard, if you came on that weekend, you probably might remember some of it anyway. Me sharing a testimony about uh, probably the most difficult time of my life when I was up in the northeast of England in a factory getting persecuted every single day and how it, well God flipped my uh, lack of self-control into something that was quite remarkable really but um, that was that was the most difficult time of my life until very recently and you guys know that um, obviously our story me and Lisa over the last six months has been a very difficult one six months ago in May uh, Lisa went from running um, probably five miles um, twice a week to not being able to, to walk five meters to the downstairs loo, to be honest. And uh, she went from being able to walk to being in a wheelchair. And uh, it was frightening, absolutely frightening to, to see what was happening. And, and we didn't really know what was happening. Terrible headaches, all kinds of extreme symptoms, up in the night, all kinds of, well, tears, tears, and, and, and more tears, and lots of pain. And, uh, and for me, I mean, for Lisa it was worse, but for me, I'm thinking, well, what does this mean? We've only just got started here, God. Um, you know, I remember arriving here one Sunday morning, I was due to preach, and I was saying to Dan, I probably have to pack in. You know, it's probably going to have to try and find some way of retiring, moving in with me elderly mum and lift, looking after me poorly wife or something like that. And that, that was what, what was going through my head. And in that last six months, in the last six months, I have to say, one of the songs that we sung earlier, this, earlier I can't remember what it was about, but it was about, it was about uh, you know, declaring the victory through the struggle. I've got to be honest with you, I was hanging on. I was hanging on. And when people said to me, how are you doing? my only truthful answer would be hanging on. And if you are going through a really tough time and you can't really see the victory or anything like that, all I would encourage you to do is hang on. Hang on, because God's there. God never leaves you. God never forsakes you. And sometimes, you know, some people are able to do that, and that's great. But I have to say I wasn't, and I'm, I'm your pastor, I was hanging on. I was hanging on. And it was all, all I could do. But thankfully, through lots of prayer, lots of people sending messages, 
great doctors, uh, not such a great health service, I have to say, at this moment in time, quite broken. But, you know, God has begun to make a, a, a recovery in Lisa. And she's going to say a little bit about this later on. So I won't pinch what she's going to say. But, um, but that brings me to um, our reading this morning, Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3, um, really, goodness, this is the story of Paul, but it could be the story for so many of us this morning who have been through uh, a lot of suffering. So from verse 1 of, of Ephesians 3, Paul says this, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation. As I have already written briefly, in reading this then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations as it has now been revealed by the Spirit of God, by the Spirit, of, uh, by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, remember gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given to me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom, remember wisdom, of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you therefore not to be discouraged about my sufferings, remember sufferings, for you which are your glory. Remember glory. So, gospel, wisdom, sufferings, and glory are all linked. Let's talk about the gospel. Paul declares that he is a messenger of this gospel for the Gentiles. Put your hand up here if you're not Jewish. That's us lot then. That's us lot. We're the Gentiles. We are everybody who is not born of Jewish descent. And the gospel was brought to us, to people everywhere, to inherit, what does Paul say? The boundless riches of Christ. Boundless riches of Christ. One commentator said, when anyone accepts Jesus Christ as their personal saviour, they are instantaneously enriched with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Ephesians 1 verse 3 says that. And declared to be complete in Christ. Colossians 2 verse 10 says that. In fact, the Apostle Paul refers to these blessings as the unfathomable riches of Christ. Ephesians 3 verse 8. Unfathomable. That word 
I'm going to get it wrong if you're a Greek scholar, is anexich niastos. Sounds like a Serbian tennis player, doesn't it? Which means past finding out, unsearchable. You know, the depths cannot be fathomed of the riches of Christ. And the idea is that every single believer in Jesus inherits this, inherits this. It's too deep to be measured. But what is the gospel? What is the gospel? Where in in Scripture can we find an absolutely condensed but precise description of the gospel? Well, probably there's no better place than 1 Corinthians 15. And this is Paul again writing to the Corinthians. He says this, Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you. There were a lot of gospels around in them days, just like there is now. Which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you of first importance. That, and this is the gospel, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. That he appeared to Peter, And then to the twelve. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time. Most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me as to one abnormally born. Any other gospel is not good enough. The gospel is Jesus died for our sins. He died on the cross for our sins. He was buried And he was raised to life. That is the gospel. Any other gospel that anybody tells you is a false gospel. They're not good enough if it's not that gospel. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Except that way. That is the gospel. Make sure you believe that gospel. Base your life on it. Stand firm on it. That is the thing that will give us strength through all hardship. Then he says in verse 10, the manifold wisdom of God is to be made known. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm a bit thick. So I would imagine that the rest of that would be made known to everybody throughout the world who doesn't know Jesus. That's logical, surely. But Paul doesn't write that. Paul doesn't write that. Paul says, the manifold wisdom of God be made known to the powers and the authorities in the heavenly realms. What's that all about? The powers and authorities in the heavenly realms. He's not talking about the angels. He's talking about the demons. He's talking about the forces of evil. What do they need to know? about the manifold wisdom of God. They, they can't get saved. They're demons. They're Satan's helpers. But Paul writes to the Colossians, and he writes this. You were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature. It was not yet cut away. Then God 
made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. He cancelled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them by the cross or on the cross. You may have seen it, you may have not seen it. The, um, I really recommend it. The film Mel Gibson uh, directed, The Passion of the Christ. It's not an easy film to watch. It's quite a gruelling film. And uh, I think it's Certificate 15 or maybe even it's 18 because it is extremely descriptive. But the scene of Jesus dying on the cross is a very, very amazing scene because you've got people viewing Jesus hanging on the cross. You've, you've just experienced a terrible ordeal where he's whipped and he's flogged and then he's nailed and then he's hung up on the cross. But you've got the crowd now all going through all kinds of different emotions. Some people are baying for his blood. They're loving it. Some people are absolutely appalled at what they're seeing. Some people are weeping. Some people are very emotional. And through the crowd, there's this figure that doesn't look quite male, female, whatever it is. It's just a slimy figure of evil. And the film does a brilliant description of pure evil walking through the crowd and as they're walking through as it as it's walking through the crowd it's sort of like weaving in and out and it's got this awful grin on its face as though it's one it's one and i imagine that as as satan himself thinking that as jesus dies on the cross he's rubbing his little slimy hands together because he thinks he's won the victory because Jesus is hanging on the cross. But Paul says the manifold wisdom of God is displayed to the rulers, to the powers in the heavenly realms because what amazing thing does God do as Jesus is hanging on the cross? He's taken away all the sin of the world. He's flipping it completely. He's turning it around for his glory. And suffering is real. Suffering is there. Verse 13, Paul's talking about his own suffering. In fact, earlier on to another church, he's writing about, he, he, he wants to share in the power and the glory of, of God, but he knows he's got to share in the sufferings of Jesus as well. And that applies to every single one of us if we're a true believer in Jesus. Satan and his demons, they create this suffering. All they want to do is create chaos and destruction and make people suffer and this world suffers. Jesus says in, in John 10.10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's what he does. That's what he does. But God turns all this on its head and brings glory to himself. I have come to give you life, and life to the full, to the full. Imagine full being eternity. And just as he turned our sinful state into freedom and forgiveness, he also turns our earthly suffering into victory, into victory. 
He says this, I will exalt you, Lord. No, the psalmist says this, I will exalt you, Lord, for you rescued me. You refused to let my enemies triumph over me. Oh, my Lord God, I cried to you for help, and you restored my health. You brought me up from the grave, O oh Lord. You kept me from falling into the pit of death. Sing to the Lord, all you godly ones. Praise his holy name. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. When I was prosperous, I said, nothing can stop me now. Your favor, O Lord, made me as secure as a mountain. Then you turned away from me. And I was shattered. I cried to you, O Lord. I begged the Lord for mercy, saying, What will you gain if I die, if I sink into the grave? Can my dust praise you? Can it tell of your faithfulness? Hear me, Lord, and have mercy on me. Help me, O Lord. You have turned my mourning into dancing, into joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes for mourning and clothed me with joy that I might sing praises to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give you thanks. How does he flip suffering for glory? You might be going through suffering right now, and you might be thinking, this is awful. This is, why does God put me through this? Well, hang on. Hang on, because God will turn it into victory. Paul says, I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings, which are your glory. How does God flip sufferings into glory well we've seen it we've seen it happen in this church we've seen cards so we didn't have a mantelpiece big enough for all the cards uh, we saw prayers we saw people ringing up i used to spend an hour a day replying to all the text messages and the whatsapps and and everything like that we saw food coming to the door it was absolutely amazing. The church caring, sharing, being united together. That's, that's the glory that God brings through suffering. And you guys have been through it many, many times. But when we suffer, we all suffer. And we all unite together and we care and we, and we share. You've probably heard the phrase, tell the truth and shame the devil. Well, Paul adds a bit more to that. He says, show care for one another, and the devil hates it. Share your time or your possessions with each other, and the demons squirm. Be in unity with each other, and all hell cannot prevail against it. This is spiritual warfare. We think that it's all about the prayer warriors, and some of it is. But if you bake a cake, that's spiritual warfare. If you share a meal, that is spiritual warfare. If you write a card, that is spiritual warfare. And it's not easy because it's a real battle. But as Dan preached a few weeks ago, where is it? Here we go. As Dan preached a few weeks ago, we think about this little tiny bit that's life here on earth. When God is thinking about the whole of eternity. And God is saying to us, don't let the limitations of this life and this world 
define you. Life on earth here is broken. We do have our struggles. We do have our pain. But God's perspective is always an eternal one. And he has prepared a place for every single one of us. So think of it in that perspective. And nowhere is it more clearly portrayed than in this cross of Jesus Christ. No one suffered more than Jesus. No one suffered more than Jesus. In fact, he came from heaven, a place of perfection, to earth, a place of brokenness. That was a massive sacrifice in itself. He suffered injustice, humiliation, rejection. He experienced excruciating pain on the cross. He was separated from the Father. He became sin for you and me. He was buried, but he came to life. He was resurrected. He flipped all the bad and all the chaos and all the death that the devil was trying to inflict on him, and he flipped it for good. And so Paul finishes this little passage in Ephesians and says this, and he's thinking of us when he's writing this as well. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees, and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in, in heaven and on earth, and I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his Spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, through, uh, though it is too great to fully understand then you will be made complete in all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now, all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish inf infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. And we all say, Amen. Amen. So if you're struggling, if you're suffering this morning, don't give up. Don't give up. You might not be able to shout in the middle of the storm. You might just be hanging on. But let me tell you, God's perspective is eternal. Christ died for all your suffering. And he can flip any misery, any pain into victory. And it is our glory as a church when we respond to that. And we care and we share and we be united together in love. Let me pray. Let's bow our heads. Thank you, Lord. Oh, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, just as individually, Lord, we came out to your table to remember your sacrifice for us on the cross. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you know you know everything that we're going through as individuals. Lord, you know whether we're on a mountaintop or whether we're in the deepest valley. You know whether we are absolutely at our wit's end 
or whether we are dancing for joy. And Lord, if we are in a desperate state today, if we are hanging on and only just hanging on, Lord, you can flip that. You can change that into victory. Jesus, you were nailed to the cross for every single one of us. And your manifold wisdom was made known to the powers and the authorities. You shamed them publicly. All the chaos, the suffering and the pain that they can or think they can cause, you can change it and you have changed it to victory. So Lord, we praise you. We glorify you. Lord, we honor you. And Lord, we want to say we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.